All right, welcome into Stuck in Misery. Mark Bergen here, joined by my guy, Sam Wrenchin. We're running the two-man band tonight. It is Selection Sunday, Sam. And before we get into the bracket and break things down, know we were talking and texting back and forth leading up to Selection Sunday, just about how great it is that March Madness is back. We didn't have a tournament a year ago, but here we are. And I'm just so excited to be talking to you tonight. I'm really fired up for tonight's pod. Mark, ever since I was a kid, I've watched Selection Sunday, whether that be with my dad, my brother, by myself. And it's the one thing that anyone can do is fill out a bracket and just hope for the best. Because at the end of the day, you can do all this research and you can know the best player on each team, these underdogs and whatnot, but no one really can know what's about to happen. And that's the best thing. And that's, that's why it's one of my favorite events in of the whole year and really of sports. So I'm really excited that we're having it this year. You know, we really missed out on it last year and it just feels so good to be back. Sam, you were texting me some, you're saying how Greg Gumbel on CBS delivers every time, every year, the grass is green, the sky is blue and Greg <laughs> Gumbel delivers on every single selection Sunday show. The energy was great and not having this a season to go. This to me is going to be one of the more memorable selection Sundays that we have. I agree. I mean, yeah, with all the circumstances and whatnot, but I feel like the show is always the same every year with the same three guys and they always deliver. I mean, Greg Gumpel has been the face of the show for years and years, ever since I can remember. And he always just does a great job with, with Seth, da Seth Davis always gets on his, you know, his tangents about his, his teams that he likes and Clark Kellogg filling in with uh, some great analysis. I do, I do really enjoy uh, the production of the, of the show. On tonight's pod, we'll break down Mizzou's matchup against Oklahoma. We'll break down each region of the bracket. Now, Sam, one thing that I got to point out, because they have to make sure all the teams can get to the site, make sure they COVID test them, make sure that they're okay. This isn't going to start until Friday and Saturday, the first round of the tournament. So I know our listeners, they'll have a little bit more time to find which channel True TV is on, because typically the tournament starts on Thursday and Friday, but it gets bumped back and understandably so this season. So pretty much we have one unproductive day of work this week rather than two. I mean, <laughs> these two days are always like the most unproductive days at work of all year. Maybe, you know, I would say the Masters is up there too. So I was, I'm actually a little bummed that it's not starting till, uh, till Friday, but hey, got to wait. It's fine. We waited this long. We can wait another four days. Sam, I know you've got that Michigan State UCLA first four matchup circled because that'll kind of kickstart the tournament this season. And again, so normally the tournament starts on Thursday, Friday this year, it's going to be Friday, Saturday for the first round of the tournament. Now the first four, the play in games, those start on Thursday. So again, things are bumped back. They have to make sure that they can get the coaches, the players, the staff, everyone associated with the teams, make sure that they're in place and healthy and ready to go and knock on wood COVID-19 won't play an impact on this tournament. I know there were several teams that were impacted during the conference tournaments due to COVID-19, but I want to start today's pod, Sam. You've got the four one seeds. You've got Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. I'll give you those four number one seeds versus the field of which team will win the NCAA title. I'm going to side on taking the number one seeds over the rest of the field and Call me, say, hey, this is going to go according to chalk. 
I know Gonzaga would have to run the table and have an undefeated season, but I think that they are the runaway favorites to this year's NCAA tournament. So that's why I, where I want to open up. Were you going to take the number one seeds or the rest of the field as we begin our discussion about March Madness? I'll take the rest of the field. You know, I think there's a really, you know, there's two really dominant. Well, I guess there's really one dominant team this year. Then Baylor is up there. So there's a one A, one B. Illinois is actually playing probably one of the best basketball of anyone in the nation right now and playing, you know, down the stretch. They probably had the best month of basketball out of anyone this year. And then Michigan, I mean, they're very good too, but I feel like there's a lot, the field is, I mean, a lot of teams that are pretty solid, you can look at and it can potentially win it all this year. Ohio state, Iowa, both two seeds that are very strong team like Alabama and Texas could make, you know, good runs out of the East. Don't sleep on Houston. I mean, I, I feel like it's a very, there's not much that separates the ones like the mid, the later one seeds, like the Illinois and Michigan's and some of the, the twos and three seeds, maybe a win here and there, you know, at the end of the end of the day, Alabama was in discussion for maybe that last one seed because Michigan kind of did have some losses down the stretch so, you know, I think that everyone's going to be going for Gonzaga to win it all this year. They're definitely on paper, the best team. And then Baylor's up there too. But I think there's a lot of teams that, you know, could make a good run here. And I'll take the, uh, I'll take the field. Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, the last number one overall seed to win the tournament was Louisville in 2013. Louisville among the first four teams out in this year's tournament other Blue Bloods that missed the tournament, Duke and Kentucky. First time since 1976, Duke and Kentucky did not make the tournament a historic season this season because you see a lot of your traditional Blue Bloods that aren't in this year's tournament. I know all the casual fans say, oh, you know, I don't want to watch Duke anyways when the ratings show otherwise. But Sam, I think you make a great point in the sense that you have a lot of the seeds like an Alabama, like a Houston just looking through the bracket here, and Iowa at a two seed. You see a lot of schools that traditionally aren't ranked as highly, but for this season, that's just kind of how things shook out. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I like how that that works. How there's some turnover every now and then, and you know, after two years of, you know, after last year of not having the tournament, now we have a, a kind of a different layout this year with a lot of teams that haven't that. Haven't been on the dot in a long time. You know, Illinois, yeah. I mean, that that's a great story. Us with our Midwest roots, like, I think we'll get into this and, you know, their draw as well as Mizzou's, but that's definitely going to be an interesting Midwest region for them. But yeah, I think there's a lot, lot to talk about. We can unpack Illinois in just a second. I knew last year's tournament was doomed, Sam, when Duke announced that they weren't going to play in the yeah. NCAA tournament. And I'm like, oh man, a tournament without Duke, you can't really have a tournament. Here we are a year later, and they don't even make it. Now, I know they were knocked out of the ACC tournament because they had a positive COVID-19 test, but if you would have told me at the start of the year that Duke wouldn't have made the tournament, I would have been like, what universe are we living in in 2021 right. come March? Now, do you want to go through Illinois? Do you want to go through Illinois now or? Yeah. Oh, we should. We should. I know. Let's let's unpack Illinois. Big Ten okay. champions, first time since 2005. I want to say this off the bat. I think Illinois is very, very talented, Sam. I'm with you that later on in the season, they played as impressive basketball as any right. team in the nation. But 
comparing Kofi Coburn to Shaquille O'Neal would be like comparing me to Dan Patrick, Sam. You can't do it. Like, it's just the most ridiculous comparison I've heard. He's a very good player, but you even saw it in today's Big Ten title game against Ohio State down the stretch. Illinois can't play him because he can't make free throws. Yeah. So he's the most dominant presence down low for Illinois when you need a bucket, but you can almost adopt the hack-a-shack style, put him on the free throw line, and if he's shooting a 55% clip, you can't play him late in games down the stretch. And I really think that could hamstring Illinois. I really do. That's true. I mean, they have enough guys on that team that can pick up the slack where, you know, if they need a bucket, they could have a few guys that can definitely, you know, they can rely on. But I mean, I'm looking at their draw and I don't think the committee really did them any favors. Like they, you know, if they potentially win, you know, if they will assume they get past the first round, but Loyola versus Georgia tech, like both of those teams are very solid, sneaky, good Georgia tech coming off an ACC win. And then Loyola won the Missouri Valley conference. You know, I actually expected both those teams maybe be a little bit higher than that, than an eight, nine. And then moving down the bracket, you got Oklahoma state who has Cade Cunningham who can take over any game. I mean, and then Tennessee, we know what they were capable of earlier in the year. I mean, maybe not, not as well down the stretch of the season, but they could get upset to Oregon state, you know, but still, I mean, Houston is no one is should not be underestimated. And then West Virginia, you know, they have a style of play that can, really make people force turn- turnovers. So I-, I think they have a really tough draw, man. What do you think? Illinois will get by Drexel in the first round. Yeah. I'm with you there. If Loyola of Chicago upset <laughs> Illinois, a bragging rights game in the state. Right. Oh my goodness, God, Sam. Oh my goodness. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, right. Sister Jean, say your prayers and how about a potential second round exit for the fighting Illini, a number one seed in the state in it, two teams yeah. in Illinois. It would be an incredible matchup, be, but you're right because Georgia tech looked very impressive in their conference they tournament did. as well. So I'm with you there. And I really didn't know much about them, but uh, I forgot the, guy, the guy's name, but their leader. I mean, he like took over that game, got that steal at the end and he just the hustle guy. And it seems like, you know, he's instrumental to making every other player on that team better and just elevated them over Florida State. I mean, again, I didn't know much about them, but they're going to be a tough out in this tournament. Yeah, I think you're talking about Jose Alvarado. Right. And he had that great moment in the postgame on the court with his head coach, Josh Passner, yeah. uh, during the ACC championship game. And so I, I was watching that on Sports Center this morning. And it was just a great emotional moment. And you just see how much it means to a player and just the dedication that they, oh, dude, yeah. he was the ball, balling his eyes out. Just like, yeah, I put an all the work for this, just for this one moment. And, you know, that's what you like, love to see around this time of year. You know, it's the things like that, that let me tune in. And, and looking at that tournament, uh, that, that seating for Illinois, Sam, if they get by first round, and then whoever wins the Loyola Georgia uh, Georgia Tech, so that would be the second round matchup. How about a Sweet 16 matchup of Oklahoma State versus Illinois? And you talk about the guard play. Ooh. Cade Cunningham, the likely number yeah. one overall pick in the NBA draft, going up against Io Dusumu. I, I always have to pronounce his name. I can never pronounce it correctly. So apologies in advance, any of the Illinois fans that are listeners, but. What a matchup that that would be with two star be. guards. That's exactly the kind of matchup that you want to see in March Madness. Oh, 100%. That'd be great, man. And, yeah, I, I could see 
again, you, you put players of that caliber, like Kate Hudding on the team, like they can win any game potentially if, if they, their potential to take over every, any game. I am rooting for Illinois in this region, and I think they will get out of this region, but they're going to have a, a long way to get there, and it's gonna, each game's going to be tough. So that kind of transitions to one of the pl- the players that you want to watch in this tournament. And I had three, Cade Cunningham, one of them, likely to be a top draft pick in the NBA draft. Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, another star freshman player. Then Evan Mobley out of USC, the big man. So how each of those freshman players performs in March Madness could have huge, huge impacts on where they land in the upcoming NBA draft. I know those are all young freshman players, and there's probably going to be players that emerge, Sam, that we're not even aware of yet, that right. just aren't on our radar. But those were three guys I really want to watch in this year's tournament. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, I got my eye on Luca Garza because he's he's a senior coming in, and he's he's been through a lot at Iowa. And I really think that, you know, they have a team that has a chance to make a big run. And when you have senior leaders on your team, it always comes down to you kind of like, okay, you compare the one and done teams versus the teams that develop within with senior leaders. And I, I always tend to lean towards that, that veteran leadership down the stretch when there's, you know, the game's on the line and they've been there before, especially when he's a, you know, all American caliber player. I'm really looking forward to see like what he can do to lead Iowa this year. Iowa, the two seed in the West region, they'll take on Grand Canyon in the first round of the tournament. Sam, I think this is a good time to transition to the Oklahoma-Missouri matchup, the 8-9 matchup in that West region. Now, the winner will likely play Gonzaga. thought it was interesting the draw Missouri got in this region, just considering you play Oklahoma, former Big 12 rival, and then yep. Norfolk State is one of the planned oh. games as a 16 seed oh, against Appalachian no. State. I don't think that there's any chance that they upset Gonzaga, but I still have bad blood from when Missouri played Norfolk state during the 2012 tournament, almost a decade ago now, Sam. And I, I, I still have bitter taste about that game. Mark, I didn't even notice that. Maybe that's a bad omen for us. uh, (laughs) My thing with Mizzou is like, boy, oh boy, how the expectations have changed. You go in, you know, I'd say two months ago, we're probably sitting right around that four, five, six at the lowest seed. And now it's like, I knew we'd probably be in that eight, nine matchup, which is what you don't want to be in. You want to avoid that. I'd rather be a 10 seed than be a, in that eight, nine seat matchup. And now I'm just like, let's just get past Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. If we win at Oklahoma, then we have a chance at the number one team in the nation. I'm like, you can go into that. You can go in that game, you know, and have with not much, to lose really you know no one's going to pick you in that game and mizzou can put together a good good game and you know they beat illinois this year they have a lot of quad one wins but just get past oklahoma please man just please like give us a chance to that otherwise you know it would just be another disappointing season after a really good start to the season the sooners have lost five of their last six games now 2018 marks the last time missouri made the tournament It's been 11 years for Missouri since its last tournament win. The 2009 season marked the last time Missouri made it to the second weekend of the tournament. And so you'd imagine whoever wins that Oklahoma-Missouri matchup is going to go up against Gonzaga, undefeated, headed into the tournament, and the overall number one seed. So good luck to whoever wins that game. But in addition to Norfolk State, Sam, 
another team in the bracket, the number three Kansas Jayhawks. Now, the earliest Missouri would be able to play Kansas would be in the Elite Eight. Certainly a lot of things would need to shake out in both teams' favors, but you know, as a Missouri fan, my head, my, that, that is where my brain goes into this utopian world of what's the craziest scenario that could happen. But a Kansas Missouri matchup in the elite eight, I mean, I know it's unlikely, but you yeah. talk about bragging rights and a rivalry that dates back to the civil war. If that were to happen, this would just be another chapter in this rivalry. I'm not getting my hopes up for that, Mark, but Hey, I mean, <laughs> that'd be awesome, dude. That would be awesome. I mean, that's if Kansas, I, I, I believe Kansas will be able to play, but they could have some lingering COVID issues. And honestly, I hope they don't. I kind of, that's just like a bummer if, if that were to happen to any team, really. I mean, I, I don't root, root for Kansas. I actually root against Kansas, but you at least want them at their best in the tournament. You talk about another tough matchup, though, because Gonzaga's good. I was good. Kansas is always respectable. Virginia's your four seed. You talk about that was another team that, left its conference tournament because of positive COVID outbreaks. So Virginia as a four seed, could Virginia have gone on to one and made a deep run in the ACC tournament, maybe even won the tournament, if not for their positive COVID outbreak? It's a question I have to ask. And it's, you know, I see Virginia as a four seed and it's like, man, Virginia, they're always a pretty strong team. A four seed seems kind of low for the Virginia Cavaliers, at least in my eyes. Yeah. At at this point, they're still defending champions, right? So um yeah that's a great point (laughs) years ago so i mean they have a great coach the helm and yeah they're they're not gonna you know they're a good team that'd be awesome if mizzou could play them too but that means mizzou would have to get the sweet 16 i i don't know i going in the the season i are going into the draw i was like okay well we can either lose in the first round or we can make it to the sweet 16 it's just one of those you know one of the other but now it's like okay we have to play gonzaga so i don't know man but i think it's yeah the very it's a tough, tough region for sure. The other eight, nine matchup I liked, we mentioned Loyola of Chicago against Georgia tech in the Midwest region. We just talked about Oklahoma and Missouri in the West region. The other eight, nine matchup that I love is in the South region, North Carolina going up against Wisconsin, Wisconsin playing a very, very difficult schedule, a big 10, a big 10 conference that got nine teams into the NCAA tournament. So that matchup I think is going to be, pretty much a coin flip and again the winner of that game will likely take on number one seed Baylor if Baylor can get by the 16 seed Hartford in the first round but I think that that matchup is going to be a bloodbath between the Tar Heels and the Badgers I always feel like Wisconsin just they always get either Duke or North Carolina in the tournament at some point it's always Duke and then now they have North Carolina so yeah that'll, that'll be good that'll be good in that same south bracket Sam Winthrop going up against Villanova, there's always a 12 seed that upsets the five seed. They were saying on the broadcast that they like Winthrop for a couple different reasons. Winthrop's only lost one game this season. Also, Villanova without its starting point guard. So I believe that's due to injury. I'm going to have to do more research again. We're recording this live on Selection Sunday night. So it's just our live reaction to all of this. But if Villanova is without one of their guards in their backcourt, you know, they're probably not quite as good and haven't played as well as what a five seed would typically play. That is my 12 seed upsetting a five seed matchup that I like. Are you with me there? Or is there another five, 12 upset matchup that you like in any of the brackets? You know, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there, but you know, I think I'm going to have to go with another one. I'm going to go with out of the East region. You got Georgetown versus Colorado. 
Let's um, go. Not with Patrick Ewing. I mean, he's cracked me up this past weekend. I don't know if you've seen those that storyline of he got pissed at all the security guards because they didn't know who he was at yeah. uh, Madison Square Garden. And he's like, I built this place. He's like, my, my name's in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's got them playing really, really well right now. And a lot of times that's that's what matters most. Like who can enter in who enters the tournament at the right, like hot at the right time. Like we saw with UConn years ago who won that was the big east back then they won the big east tournament and went home to win all game eight games in a row to win it all and i i don't really know much about colorado i will say that but you know i i'm gonna go just ride the hot hand and go georgetown number 12 over colorado again guys this is our live reaction so i haven't really dived in and haven't done much research but you know sometimes it's just a gut feeling I'm going to pick Georgetown over Colorado as well because this is a Georgetown team that would not have made the tournament had they not won the Big East. Right. And right. it just brought me back to all of those old school matchups. You mentioned the old UConn teams with like Shabazz Napier and yeah. Cardiac Kemba Walker and right. just those battles that they would have with like Syracuse and all of the old Big East teams. And you mentioned them not recognizing Patrick Ewing. Like, Sam in St. Louis, this would have had to have been like if, like, Albert Pujol showed up at Bush Stadium and they'd be like, who are you? Who are you? Like, what are the other, what are the other equivalents of this? Just because I found it to be absolutely ridiculous that they didn't know that it was Patrick Ewing. Not to mention, he's seven foot. Right. Like, it's just like, it's not like he's like a guard and he's like, you know, your average height six, he's seven foot, Sam. Like what the hell? Dude, I know, man. I know. It's funny. Oh, okay. So going back to the, this East region, there's another matchup I really want to highlight that I think is juicy. This LSU versus St. Bonaventure. LSU, I mean, I, we got to see them all play Mizzou a lot this past year. They have some stud freshmen who is just, you know, can score from all over the place. I got you, Sam. We're going to put okay. the IT on this live yeah, on yeah, the put podcast. It on, put it on right on the podcast, but he's a dynamic scorer and yeah. he goes by the name of Cameron Thomas. Yeah. Another, Thomas. another it. freshman player who right. entering the sec tournament was fourth in the nation in scoring. So this guy right. can put the ball in the hoop. I was watching one of the LSU games during this past weekend, Sam, and they asked him after one of the games, I believe this was during the regular season. And they said, you know, Cam, where do you like to score on the floor? And he just goes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there you go. There you go. That's confidence. And then, dude, same bottom venture too. I mean, I, I got to see them just destroy slew. And then, so then they took care of business today against VCU. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people had them maybe as a higher seed, at least LS, maybe LSU is like the, you know, in seven or seven matchup. And then, you know, you always wanted to avoid those eight, nine seeds, but that's going to be a very, very intriguing matchup for me. I mean, LSU very nearly won the SEC, Sam. Right, exactly. It's, I, I mean, mean, they were right there with that. Alabama, and Alabama's a two seed. So you talk about a seed that might be – I mean, they were coming on late in the season when you want to be right. playing your best basketball, and they very nearly beat Alabama today. Exactly, dude. And like I said, the Alabama's two seed. I mean, it just goes to show you that the margin of, dif- of between these teams really isn't that much a lot of times. So that that's what creates all this madness, but – Another dude, I really like this East region. The more I look at it, Texas, man. I know we talked about a little bit last night, but they are looking good under Shaka Smart. They have, I forget the guy's name, um, their point guard who's been there for four years. 
he had like 30 plus points the other night against Oklahoma State and they finally won the big big 12 but if they get to the sweet 16 and then Bama gets to the sweet 16 boy that'd be an awesome matchup I think I just a lot of good talent on the court and that'll be a a very fun game to watch the guard you're talking about, Sam, IT got on this force immediately. Matt Coleman, the third. Matt Coleman, that's right. Matt Coleman, yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, Shaka Smart entered the season really kind of on the hot seat. And, yeah. you know, he's got Texas playing its best basketball late in the season. I think the same could be said about Josh Pastner, the Georgia Tech coach, and they win the ACC tournament. So there oh, yeah. you go, and they're both yeah. sitting pretty now headed into March because both got automatic bids winning their respective conferences. Sam, this is the portion of the show, and I know we were texting before it, where we get to talk about my guy, Rick Pitino. <laughs> I, knew, I knew there was going to be a, um, a segment here, so let's hear it. 68 years old, Iona College. He's now taken five teams to the NCAA tournament, five different programs. At one point this season with Iona College, because of COVID-19 issues, They had a stretch where they didn't play a game for 51 consecutive days between games. He had 12 new players on the roster. He was hired at Iona a year ago today, Sam. Wow. And he wins the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. The last time a team from that conference won an NCAA tournament game, 2009. And Sam, I know Louisville was a bubble team. In my heart of hearts, I really wanted to see the potential of Iona matching up against Louisville. Louisville <laughs> is among the first four teams out. No, and been so if one of these teams drop out, Louisville will be the first team inserted. I don't expect Iona to put up much of a fight against Alabama, but to see what Rick Pitino has done, he got exiled to Europe after he was ousted at Louisville. He went to go coach in Europe for a while. I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth during news conferences with media members. I think he's like a used car salesman. And if I could just be frank with you, but there is no doubt that he can coach basketball. And I'm so happy he's back in our lives. Like I I am just over the moon that Rick Patino's Iona college basketball team is in the NCAA tournament. I I think this segment wouldn't be complete. And if you didn't read the quote that he had, that was one of the best quotes that I've heard in a long time. And it just got me fired up. And I'm not even a basketball star. So what, what, what was it? Do you have it on hand? Before the start of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference Tournament, Rick Pitino told his team, he says, and this is a quote, I told them I was packing eight suits, end quote. <laughs> Let's go. We, <laughs> we might as well just end the podcast now, Sam. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, how many is he into now? He's got, because it was, was that for, because for each game of the NCAA tournament, that's what I thought it was for, but it was for each game, including the, his respective. At least for the first two rounds. Well, the first round of the tournament, because so for the conference tournament and then for, because his team flew to Indianapolis on Saturday night to find out who they'll play on Sunday. So that's the reason why they did that. But, and like, who would have thought like it is poetic justice because Rick Pitino coaching Iona college gets into the NCAA tournament. Louisville didn't make the NCAA tournament. Again, that could change if one of the teams has to drop out because of COVID issues. 
but then Kentucky didn't make it either. Two of the yeah. teams he used to coach. So poetic justice for Rick Petito. And I'm just so happy he's back in our lives. Right, man. Me too. Me too. All right. As we start to wrap up here on Stuck in Misery, Sam, really any final thoughts you have before signing off here? A lot to unpack with the bracket, but any final thoughts before we sign off here? Yeah, dude, I'm a, I'm a little shocked that Michigan State has to play in that first round playoff game or first round to get in. They beat, I don't know, I, I feel like they have a lot of number, like great wins and, and they start off slow, but it's very shocking to see Izzo, dude, play in that very first uh, first game of the, of the tournament, but I'm sure, you know, they'll find a way to win. They beat Michigan. They beat Illinois. They beat Ohio State. Ohio State, that's right. Okay. And lost to Iowa. So, but still some very good wins in the Big Ten Conference. And you saw how competitive the Big Ten was this season. I'm with you there. And in in terms of the play-in games, Michigan State against UCLA, two traditional powerhouse blue blood programs. And that's a play-in game. We are in for a treat, Sam. Right. Do you have a, uh, a sleeper team that you think could potentially, you know, make a run at the Sweet 16 and, and maybe further? You know, just looking at the bracket, when I saw Virginia as a four seed, I think that's yeah. awfully low for them. So yeah. that's one that sticks out to me. I like Alabama to at least advance to the Sweet 16. I think that Alabama got a pretty good drawing and Michigan, the one seed in that region, is going to have an uphill battle with some of the potential matchups that the Wolverines face. So I really like Alabama as well. I, I again, I think they're just, it, it depends. Cause like some of the matchups are just, uh, or the potential matchups to me are just so intriguing, but to answer your question, Sam, I'm going to go with Virginia as a four seed because I really think that the Cavaliers potentially would have been ranked higher if not for the positive COVID-19 outbreak and again, then they just decided to forego playing in the rest of the ACC tournament. As long as Virginia is healthy, I mean, I think that they're just as good as any team in this tournament. That's just kind of my two cents worth. I uh, actually kind of like, I think I'll, I'm going to go with the, uh, the sixth seed of the South region, Texas Tech. Got the pleasure of watching them against Texas the other night. And dude, they play tremendous defense. And they have... Their score is Mac McClung, who, you know, he just seems like he's really fun to watch, you know, a ball full of energy, really. You know, I don't know much about Ohio, Utah State, but I know they're a bubble team. And then Arkansas in, is that third, that third seed. And, you know, we don't know really – I can see Texas Tech really isolating Arkansas and, you know, just their defense looks very, very good. So I can see them kind of making a, a run out of – out of that region, kind of like what they did a couple of years ago when they went to the final four, um, really unexpectedly. So I had my eye on them for sure. Yeah. Mac McClung was like a YouTube Instagram star coming out of high school. Cause you just had this guy with an incredible vertical leap at the guard position. And I know he started his collegiate career at Georgetown before transferring to Texas tech. So we'll see how he can carry this Red Raiders roster into the tournament. But Sam, really the action all starts Friday again. Now you've got the play-in games before that, the first four games earlier this week. But again, most seasons we we get the action starting on Thursday afternoon. Got to wait till Friday this season. But 
man, I, I'm not one to wish my life away, but get me to Friday afternoon and I want to sit back, relax, watch the action. And hopefully by that point, I'll figure out what channel True TV is on. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Just gives, puts a smile on my face just thinking about it. I'll go ahead and sign off here, Sam. For Sam Wrench and I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for listening to Stuck in Misery. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy the action this week. March Madness is back. If you have questions for us, reach out to us on social media. Leave that information in the show notes. Take care. So long, everyone. Enjoy the action. And we will see you and talk to you soon.